0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: It is the APC Podcast. Welcome to it. I'm Alex Patakis along with Ben Foldy and Zach Rapport coming to you from the CUNY School of Journalism. Here in New York City, ready to discuss a really, really frustrating loss to the Seattle Seahawks and get into uh, the future of the Green Bay Packers as everyone is talking about what happens beyond this year. Uh, you can get at the show on Twitter at the APC pod, and you can get at us at each of our names at Alex Patakis, at Ben Foldy, and at Zach Rapport. You guys look really bummed out. Is this like a five day
2: hangover from the Seahawks loss? Or what's I am going on? Physically ill. I've lost multiple days of productivity and work to being actually sick.
1: Okay, well,
2: that's a legitimate excuse, I would say. But, yeah, that was also a dumb game. It was. What's his answer? very dumb game.
0: I, well, I wasn't technically sick. I have, like, I have really bad allergies. So, like, once every fourth weekend is just kind of a lost weekend. So, I was blowing my nose a lot. Not really sleeping very well. It's, like,
2: technically. I don't know. I accept it.
0: Cool. Nerd problems.
2: Yeah. What about you? You look healthy, spry. I do.
1: I don't feel it. Today was a rough one. I I had a uh, a real, what what I think a lot of people would just call like a weekend, but for me it's not like that. Just I had like a two-day hangover from Friday into Sunday, and then Sunday I was celebrated because it was my last shift at a place of employment that I had been trying to work up the courage to leave for a while, and I did. So then yesterday I was just don't
2: violate that non-disparagement
1: clause. Yeah, uh, I was, um, <laughs> you know, just watching Alvin Kamara and, and and finishing
2: my fantasy season's hopes once and for all. Ooh. I still don't know that I beat you. Like I'm still not feeling Ooh, that great. It's possible Kickers, that I would. Like,
1: you need 20 points from a kicker, right?
0: It's 20, 21. I 21. We can't think. go d- down to fantasy Zach corner hates already. Fantasy alley. Like the second, <laughs> it's the
1: number one thing that he will jump on us for is when we started talking fantasy. We had a head-to-head matchup. Yeah. It's relevant to literally rivalry. no one but
0: you two. Okay. That's true. Uh, Packers. But, frustration. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks.
1: Packers frustration. I guess we could get into note nugs from this uh, four-point loss that should have been what I thought could have been a comfortable win for Green Bay on the road in a place that Mike Daniels and everyone else hates that they have to go to
2: uh in Seattle, well, like he said that, right? hated it so so much that he got hurt so he wouldn't have to keep doing it. <laughs> I think and he yeah, said, exactly. like in a
0: pregame interview, right that he yeah, I think they it. referenced
2: it on the broadcast, uh whoever
1: oh, is it Aaron Andrews, yeah, because Fox does the games. He talked about like how much he just hates being there, and it brings back all of these bad memories. And now we just get to add another one to our bank of bad memories from Packer's Seahawks. Um, let's just start with note notes before we get into a broader topic, which I think is going to lead to a lot of discussion about the future of the head coaching position for this team. But, Zach, what is your notable nugget if you could pick just one thing from this game?
0: <clears throat> they punted.
1: You keep saying that, like, in text chains and everywhere. You just keep writing, just, like, they punted. Like, I'm once just... a day, you wake up and you tweet, like, <laughs> they punted.
0: I'm just, like, I'm befuddled by that decision because, to me, and I'm talking, of course, about it, at the end of the game, it's four. it's Four minutes and 40 ish seconds yeah, left. Yeah, under five minutes left. They have, is it one or no timeouts? One timeout. Uh, yeah. One timeout. And their defense has no one left. Everyone is injured. And they've had a rough go of it in the second half. And Mike McCarthy elects to punt on fourth and two from their own something. Yeah, something like that. I think that I'm um, biting a little bit from Michael Cohen, who I heard talk about this and, and make a similar point. But there are other circumstances throughout a season where fine you punt there whatever but this is this was a moment where you needed i mean they had they had to win this game i mean it's not a, it's not a must win but like as far as it's close yeah it's just like what do you say se- i don't know what kind of message are you sending it's just well was, they just never get I'm the being ball being really inarticulate. i was so so frustrated it seems like he comes out and says it, uh, he's playing a numbers game. McCarthy said that. Yeah, to go numbers. It's Lies. just wrong. It's just wrong.
2: There, there are no numbers that There's support no that decision. no numbers. He's, Literally none.
0: When he realizes he is incorrect, he will say it. But it's the moments that he doesn't realize that he's wrong and he sticks with his gut and he just doubles down on it throughout the week that just drive me insane. I'm so, I'm so mad. And again, like as I've said many times on this show, I'm not on the fire McCarthy bandwagon. I'm not like get him out of there, although I did tweet punt punt him to the moon after the game but yeah i i do have their brochure i have the schedule but You the don't, i mean you don't
2: need to be, it doesn't matter if you're on it or off it he's out yeah right like that's probably like, true i mean that's like the national story coming out of thursday night was like mike mccarthy's done it was on I mean, deadspin it was on espn even ian on...
1: rapaport was reporting yesterday that mike mccarthy is now on the hot seat which i thought was so funny because the report "Quote unquote" report so stupid. Basically, just read that there's tension between Rogers and McCarthy, which is going to lead to his exit if they don't turn their season around. Yeah, that's something we knew like coming into the season. It's yeah. nothing
0: <laughs> new. They're just. It's just. It's really just clickbait. I actually got an alert on my phone like a day ago from the I have the CBS Sports app for the APC podcast Pick'em, and uh, yeah, I got an alert that was like McCarthy's on the hot seat, and I clicked onto it, and it was I, not. It wasn't Rappaport. It was someone who writes for them, basically recycling two or three. Disparate quotes that we already knew about from earlier in the year, saying, "Oh, this means he's on the hot seat." And it's like, "Well, but there's no. I mean, there's nothing new.
2: There's no. That was his last chance. Like that's the game that you win. They turn the season around. They make the playoffs. They look good while doing it." Right. You know, and and I, you know, we were basically in this same point last week saying that that was the end. But, I mean, this is really the end. This is like the you're skipping over the afterward and slamming the cover of the book shut.
1: And uh, Rob Demosky wrote about it basically piecing together an Aaron Rodgers quote when he talked about how they would really need that galvanizing moment to turn the season around. I think the most frustrating thing about that decision is that that, like— the lack of awareness in McCarthy to not realize like that that is the moment like that is the chance at that galvanizing moment to go ahead, convert a fourth down, go down the field, let your quarterback win the game and also save your job like he's on a one year deal. It's not a secret that yeah. his job is on the line yeah. to coach with fear yeah. when you have Aaron Rodgers as yeah. your quarterback is inexcusable. So I'm just going to kind of keep it there because uh, my notable nugget from that game, I was going to say, it's impossible to have a decision that you could be more frustrated with than that one. But there is another one in that game um, that kind of pissed me off. And that was on the second series of the game. So, you know, you get spotted seven points, essentially, by your defense forcing a fumble on the first play of the game, I think it was, Mm -hmm. when Chris Carson fumbles, Tremont Williams is like scraping on the ground to recover it. And then you make it look easy, as you should. You're gifted with great field position. Wow. It feels nice to get Aaron Rodgers a nice lead early on and then get your offense, the football back immediately after that. Um, But up 7-0, when Rodgers is clearly like, juice for this game, feels like he's getting in a rhythm, they decide to kick a field goal that Mason Crosby would go on to miss. Now, it's easy to say, oh, it was a dumb decision when the field goal is missed, but I also thought it was a dumb decision when they didn't decide that it to me, it seemed so obvious to go for it. Like you're on the road, you're in a place that haunts you, literally your players talk about it, like go punch them in the fucking mouth and let Aaron Rodgers do his thing and take a 14 nothing lead. It's so dumb to me to even put Mason Crosby in that scenario. It's fourth and short. And it just happens to be on the area in the field where like any coach with some like Guts generally chooses to
2: go for it. At least in 2018, in yeah. Ch- yeah, especially coaching
0: trends aside, it's just like to your point, Alex. Read the room. Like you got to know what you're, like what's gonna it's a help your game. team, your it's, players. Yeah,
1: it's basically a playoff game, and it has that atmosphere, and you have all the momentum. And yeah, it's slowed by not converting on third down, but I think going for it there just se- seemed like an obvious thing. And it's funny because I'm sure somebody will combat us with, well, actually, if you look at the you know the numbers. And the, the percentage of times that Mike McCarthy will go for it on fourth down, I'm sure he's up there. He's not someone who's always been scared to do it. I just think the times that he chooses not to are like the most befuddling times where it seems so obvious. And then he picks other random times to go for it that don't seem to make as much sense. This
2: isn't my note nug, but it's a, I feel like it's a related concept is I'm surprised neither of you brought up the wasted timeout and in the. Earlier part of the second half. Oh God! Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, that's obnoxious. Because that
2: ultimately prevented McCarthy from challenging a play that probably would have had a significant impact on the outcome of that game. Can
0: I? Can I just to play devil's advocate to the timeout narrative? And I do agree with you. I watched actually a lot of football this Sunday. Plenty of teams burn timeouts and no. La.
2: LA, Yeah, Noonan did an article about it where he showed that the Rams are actually pretty big at burning timeouts. But he, you know more more often than not if you're wasting timeouts you're a bad team. Yeah. And there's almost no circumstance, especially early on in the in the second half where it's ill advised to take the 5-yard first down penalty instead of the timeout. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not my notable nugget. My notable nugget is actually, so as I rewatched the game today, granted in a in a uh somewhat brief clicking through the plays manner, um Packers were really bad on third and short all yeah, game. There yeah. were multiple sacks and multiple. I mean, there was. It was also like all of Rodgers' kind of highlight bad plays, like the the horribly missed pass to, to Scantling, and the you know not missing Aaron Jones in the flat for an easy first down. Yeah. Um, all of that was on third and short. And so, if I'm Mike McCarthy and I see how bad they're playing on third and short, I do maybe take that that second hesitation I still think it was like the worst decision that he could have made and I texted you all in the moment being like that's dumb like no. this game is over and there was no reason to do that but I will say that going back looking at it again I was I, I had forgotten how poorly the Packers played on third down
0: yeah and I had texted you guys a little bit today as I was re-watching the condensed version there was like maybe three in a row three offensive series in a row in the in the second half third down plays some long some short but it was just like the just the team just melted down in those moments it I mean and some of
2: those were on Aaron right like the the missing Aaron Jones in the flat was like pretty bad,
0: but there were other plays too where it was like an interesting formation. In the it was a crowded backfield, and it just never developed into anything, and it just collapsed. Slow in developing on
2: them. plays on third and short, yeah, It's like has been a, a recurring bugaboo this season. Or and the offensive also line
0: just got just they just lost the battle at the snap. They just yeah. got blown up, and there were just a few of those. They just
2: uh, anyway, but that's my notable nugget is that they were really bad on third and short.
0: But I mean, I guess that brings in
2: it, you know, third and short also kind of encapsulated all of all of the various ways you could blame that loss like is it yeah, Aaron Rodgers fault is it Mike McCarthy's fault is it you know the personnel's fault so yes you look you looked, pole, you looked ready to poll. pick up the ball yeah sorry no it's okay uh, I was clearly <laughs> unprepared yeah take the
1: hand <laughs> I'm off, gonna son. burn my uh, my time out here oh, okay just think about it a third little and bit second longer. on the
0: podcast uh,
1: and... <laughs> the APC pod on Twitter we did put up a poll who shoulders the most blame for the Packers 2018 struggles can I just say before we get to the results um I think the more and more we talk about this game and why it's so frustrating, it like perfectly encapsulates the Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, like post-Super Bowl era and basically every frustration because there was Rodgers brilliance, like outside of scheme, like the throw to big Bob Tanyan. I can't we I can't believe we got this far into the show without you somehow working Bob Tanyan yeah. into the... Uh, I really
0: dropped the ball on that one. Yeah,
1: you really did, uh, which was just like a, a beautiful throw. There was Rodgers brilliance. There was McCarthy errors. There was Rogers missing the check down. There was ridiculous, almost inexcusable lack of depth on defense where you had guys that both Ben and I have literally never heard of playing safety. There was burning of timeouts. There were so many different things that have literally existed for like eight to 10 years and driven us all crazy. And it was the fucking Seahawks. Yep. Like this, this is Seattle. literally like a, it, you could just use this as like the, you know, what went wrong with the Packers with McCarthy and Rogers. Why didn't they win more? And just throw on that tape. And that's the, f- that's why. Uh, anyway, sorry. I'm, I just, I mean, that's why I think we're all so like frustrated and why we all went to like a dark place after that game.
0: Well It was such a winnable game.
1: Yeah. And yeah, and that's the other part is that you, you could even come out of it still thinking that they somehow are better than, uh, and they than, came out than the hot. team that they played. They
0: caused turnovers, they scored points. Anyway. Anyway,
1: uh, what are the results? What do we got on Twitter who's everybody blaming? All right, Whose
0: shoulders the most blame for the Packers 2018 struggles? We tweeted that out at the APC pod on Twitter. 1400-ish votes, which is awesome. That's definitely the most responses we've ever gotten. Uh, we put out Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, Brian Gutekunst or Ted Thompson. Mike McCarthy is leading the pack by a wide margin, 69%. Nice. Followed by uh, Ted Thompson actually, 20%. Say Ted Thompson, so maybe a depleted roster Aaron Rodgers gets 10% which to me is really high although indicative of kind of the wasteland of I was Pat- going to say Packer's that seems Twitter. low
2: considering Packers Twitter has like, there was a huge anti Rodgers upswing. You know, maybe they couple I think days that's later true. they've chilled out. Is well, that, I think is that Pack- where we're going to have to start this uh Well, we're going to have to come to it eventually.
0: Packers Twitter I think has a lot more, you know, bark than it's bite. <laughs> I guess I will say uh 1% for Brian Gutekunst which that's that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he should be
1: blamed for much of anything. Nope. He's, he's clearly aware of the reasons that Ted Thompson failed them and yep. has been doing what he can to try and change it. And he's pretty aware of what's going on with McCarthy and is probably going to make his first coaching hire. What's uh, funny to me is soon. that
0: we we put this out there as a question, who shoulders the most blame? And what came back to me is like an accurate ratio of of who actually shoulders a portion you know, of which, blame, you know, which portion of blame. So about 70%. Coaching this year, 20%. The cupboard was bare. Ted Thompson, Aaron Rodgers play. Maybe that's a little high, but if he's playing all world, then they're winning more games. Bryden um, Kuhnkunst, 1%. Yeah. Marginal could be zero. I don't know. Could be two. Anyway. Sure. I mean,
2: I also feel that in the Thompson number is also kind of folded in this assumption that Thompson could have avoided a lot of the later era McCarthyism that we are seeing with the Green Bay Packers had he. Made some coaching moves earlier. Yeah. yeah, I will
1: say I do get some uh, some enjoyment thinking about Ted Thompson watching Kyler Fackrell be good. Uh, that's true. I, like I, I, wonder what he's doing. Like he feels he's sitting vindicated on a couch somewhere
2: in Texas. Ben Foldy,
0: I, I want to say, do you have anything to say after you walked back your apology last week?
2: I, uh, yeah, I mean, he's still he looks like a good football player. Yeah, you know, just keep doing it. He's fine. being great. Yeah, keep it up. Keep proving it. Keep yourself, it up, Kyler. Kyler. <laughs> no days off
0: no days off
2: yeah
1: so uh matt responded uh at the apc pod 10 percent voted for rogers seriously i love the packers but 10 percent of the fan base is clearly off its rockers <laughs> i think we need to spend some time talking seems about low. the fan base um, seems low yeah it does seem low <laughs> i want to um i want um, my tone is going to be better because i'm not going to get so angry like we did last week where i ended up stepping all over mina kimes which i felt i was cringing listening back to but um, I even listened to her talk post Seahawks win, uh, on ESPN radio about this very thing about this weird anti rodgers movement on Twitter. So I don't even know where to go with this. I just like, cause I, I pretty much said all of this last week before this. Um, I think it's just a little bit silly. Like it's just easy to grab a screen grab of Aaron Jones wide open and say like, that is where Aaron Rodgers let us down. Yeah. Um, and to overlook or a couple bad of pass. Per- yeah. Or and and the throw that he took, you know, accountability for post-game when he said the ball stuck to his hand on third and two to MVS. And he just like, you know, it was a bad throw. It should have been a first down. Should he have gotten another opportunity to convert it? A hundred percent. But I think it's so strange now, like that where I just think we're bad at adversity Twitter. The way the Packers like sometimes are bad and Mike McCarthy's bad. <laughs> they really got to
0: focus on their fundamentals, at Adversity
1: football and like we just we're scrambling here and it's just our version of like trying to I don't know what. Advance a conversation. Yeah. Like what are we trying to do by blaming him? Like we're ignoring the fact that he's almost again 35. He's probably still not 100% healthy. You mentioned the third downs and I didn't go back and watch it. I wonder how many if any of those he would have pulled off some crazy stuff where he avoids a sack and then ends up scrambling or finding somebody. He also pulled the play. off
2: plenty of crazy stuff in that game, including yeah. the Devontae Adams deep ball that was ultimately ruled incomplete. Yeah. But, you know, he made an amazing throw down the sideline, like a seventy yard or something.
1: Does it just go back to us being spoiled? Like is that yes. always the answer? Yeah. Because like we could pick out two plays in yeah. the game that he should have and could have done better. But
0: I think you could say this about any it's just fans in general i mean like a lot of sports talk is it's very reductive it's it's very black and white this and that let's distill it down into these like two like two players which one is which one is better which one is greater that sort of thing and everyone's just sort of like racing to the top of take mountain to hold up their one singular thing that they think is the reason and they want to be the first to get it on record in the case of Twitter, and it just, I don't know, leads to bad takes all around. I,
2: there are smart people who are questioning, you know, totally. as there always totally. are, there are smart people who are questioning how well Aaron Rodgers is playing, does he get a pass, does he have to try to do too much, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think that's, like, a totally valid thing. But to to hold up that game as an example as, of why Aaron Rodgers, like, doesn't have it anymore, why the extension was a mistake, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I think that's, like maybe maybe it's ahead of the curve and in a year we'll we'll come back and you know say sorry kyler fackrell but i sort of doubt it i think more it seems like an overreaction and something to be frustrated about and something for people to you know i don't think packers fans are used to having to give up on a season halfway through and you know how they've kind of passed that time you know i don't think packers fans know how to look forward to something changing cuz very little did change over so many years
0: so what? Something you just said also jogged my memory of something that I I wanted to to say on air, which is that I don't know how this fan base can can be subjected to watching Brett Hundley for most of last year and then watch the Packers this year and then tweet about how Aaron Rodgers is the problem. Just like I mean, I also mind I, I want to say
2: something else, just real quick. Is and I don't did I don't know if any of you guys heard it, but like nobody's really mentioned the fact that Rodgers is from Chico, California, which basically just burned down like not the whole city of Chico, but, like, real close to it. Like, I'm sure Rodgers is about affected that. by that in some way. And I know that he's not Brett Favre, and I know he's not going to go on a primetime game and, like, you know, draw all the attention in the world. But I'm like, it's hard to imagine that. That doesn't affect him at, at least some way.
1: I was thinking about that because, like, all the news reports when they're talking about Paradise, like, the reporter is actually in Chico, Yeah, California. they're all in Chico. And I'm, like, for someone who's so... I Don't know willing to talk about things that aren't football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really surprised, unless we somehow all miss this, but I really doubt we I don't did. think anybody mentioned it on like, any of the newscasts. Any, like, there like, was public no statement from Rod or just like someone asking him, like, you know, yeah, is your family's uh, home okay? Like, is everyone okay? Are you, how, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, is this affecting you in some way? I was, I was pretty surprised, although I guess he hasn't been made available, even by the time. You know, he was available last week to the media. I think oh, that, that the most fires of it, would have been a thing; it would have already happened. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So, I mean, maybe I mean, he his made, media availability this week. He made uh, comments and wore like the firefighter's hat and talked about like the the effort to quell the fire. But yeah. certainly, nobody asked no him about his personal family. impact. Yeah, no. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's um,
2: probably a fairly strict no
1: family questions rule in the yeah, Packers that, media room. That might get you thrown out, especially when tension uh, is as high as it is. Yeah. Uh, right now with is this them. is this because um, of your brother no. <laughs> i want i wonder though like i guess it, to further defend rogers something that we talked about really early in this season um and it may be really stupid to pl- apply like my own sensibilities to aaron Rodgers or like what i feel like some other people may act like but like if you if you're at your job and you just like pretty much have lost all respect for your boss <laughs> Does it impact you at all? Like, I mean, seriously, you yeah. know, like when you know you're like you know you're smarter than your boss, and you know that you know you want to be led in a way that you see other people being led, but you're not. So you kind of just show up and perform and do your th- like that. I, I really wonder if that has to be
2: some of it because,
0: or if you're reasonably sure your boss is not going to be your boss yeah. next year. <laughs> like well, you had, kind of I, nail I, it in. The, the only time bit. I
2: wondered that was at the on the third and two or fourth and two, because like he just kind of walked off the field and I was like. Really? I like, was shocked he didn't... We know, all think it, this is bad. You probably think this is a bad idea. Like, I don't understand who and why. Why do you guys all seem so blasé about this? Yeah.
0: Even Tremont after the game, though, I think it was Tremont, basically was like, I didn't understand that at all. You want the ball in 12's hands. Right. This is a very No, I know, but leader, Rogers man. just
2: kind of walked off the field. Like, he didn't yeah. look like he was going to fight. He didn't... I mean, like, he was then there's other
0: moments, like, I mean, yeah, he likes... He likes when things go well obviously as they all do but like the 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 celebration of the the pass to tanyan for example like he's clearly pumped up and yeah ready no, to i win think that i think game. for a
2: lot of that game he was pumped up and then but at the end i don't know what it was it just kind of seemed like the body and i don't want to get into like the body language analysis but it was just kind of like i was a little shocked that he was so casually walking off the field in this kind of a situation that i was not casually watching from the couch at home <laughs> right. much just like in it
1: right yeah I almost wonder if he's just kind of accepted, like, that this year is probably just going to end up being, when we look back at it, a transitional year. The, the year that got McCarthy out and, you know, ushered, know in, what year really was. <laughs> ushered in whoever is, is hopefully going to get the best out of him in the remaining, uh, I don't know, couple years of his He took a little, uh,
0: little umbrage recently with Rob Demosky, kind of poking him in post game, saying, yeah. like, you know, is, do you feel like there's no hope, et cetera. What kind of question is that, Rob? Come on, Rob. Um, come on, Alex. Probably a fair question. <laughs> to be,
1: yeah, to what be honest,
2: Rob's Rob's paid to ask that question. <laughs> yeah,
1: somebody has to ask that. Yeah. Um, and then didn't he? Is that when he went on to talk about the galvanizing moment? or Was that before the Seahawks game? Now I'm now I'm confused. I think because if both, he talked about maybe. it after that question, then he
2: gave a great answer. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> no, he's he's more than once talked about it. So I think it's both before and after. I think Randall that.
2: Cobb talked about it too. Just. He had something about it feeling different. Uh,
0: well, he talked about it feeling different. Uh, yeah. What Rodgers was saying, you know, when people are trying to, like, uh, goat him into uh, a relaxed moment, he's like, that's got to be an authentic, yeah, yeah. off-the-cuff thing. Which no, is but I mean, than, I, think,
2: I think everybody is kind of on team, this feels different. yeah. And I haven't seen anybody, like, really, like, yeah. fighting that tide all too enthusiastically. Is anyone on team, season is officially over? Uh, I mean, it's, it's not somehow weirdly not.
1: It's not officially no, it's not. over,
2: but it's not that they don't look like a team that has much of a chance when or if they make the playoffs. Yeah,
1: I don't want to be too hopeful. One thing everyone is pointing to is that they're four five and one and that when they won the Super Bowl, they were four and six at this point. Um, and but the Bears again, won the division that year and the,
0: yeah, the Bears <laughs> yeah. did win
1: the division that year that was also a season that they never trailed but by they more had than players. One score. that they were clearly really good and just losing close games yeah. they are losing close games I think
2: that's partially the case this year but I think also I mean there was that season there were so many kind of stories of players taking second and third year leaps and kind of being on the right side of the development curve and leaps. I mean I think I think there are like you know there's good young talent and it'll get maybe get better as the season goes on but it's already been overperforming by a lot of metrics and. I don't really see a way that this team, you know, who could contribute more? That's, I mean, that's the frustrating part of this team is that they're somehow so much less than the sum of their parts this season. Yeah, I agree. All right, well,
1: I guess uh, we'll see if they get that galvanizing moment with a road win at Minnesota, a very, very difficult place. Who looked a uh, lot more
0: beatable after Sunday Night Football than they did a little bit earlier in the year, I would say.
1: I definitely didn't think we would get to the point where the Bears seemed like the most legitimate team but I think we are there. Ben Fennel. Ben Fennel did. We may not be able to bury uh, the Packers season just yet, but I think we could probably say that the Bears are a playoff team.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's without, uh, that's a safe a bet. Oh, um, yeah.
1: Anyway, speaking of the Vikings, who fell to those Bears, uh, we are going to talk to Arif Hasan later this week. Stay tuned for that. He covers them for The Athletic. He joined us uh, earlier on in this season to preview the first matchup that ended up in a very unsatisfying tie. Uh, but we'll talk to him again later this week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, in the meantime, Zach, do we have a uh, an APC podcast pickem update? We sure do. You definitely don't want a APC fantasy update from the rivalry <laughs> that uh, will be decided uh, mm. soon tonight,
0: presumably as we record this tonight by Oops. Greg the Leg subtweeting me. Um, okay, let's get an update. The APC podcast listener pickem league, Nick Varley still running away with it in first place. He's up over a 1,000 points now, but just behind him, narrowing the gap, Kyle Clifton, last week he called me out because I said that Nick Varley was really running away with it and no one would catch him. And, and Kyle Clifton rightly pointed out that he was closer than, than I advertised. So Kyle and Nick are neck and neck. Lauren Summer, Ben, you and I, are old. our old buddy from Milwaukee is in third place and I am uh, in fourth place. I'm going to stop calling myself a moron in a self-deprecating way because, hey, I've been doing pretty well. This year, um, Sean Wagner, fellow APC is behind, and the list goes on from there. Victor from Brazil also is in a tie for for sixth place. So that is the update. Here you go. Way to go, guys! Victor is
1: the reigning champ, if I'm not mistaken. He is, indeed. and his brother was in second. Mateus, yeah, going for back to back. Yep. Can he close the gap? Plenty of football left. All right. Stay tuned. Like I said, later this week we'll talk more Packers Vikings with Arif Hassan. In the meantime. Uh, If you haven't left us a review or subscribed to the show, but you're listening, please do on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and follow the show on Twitter at the APC pod. Thanks a lot.